This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Earlier in the show, we were talking about this article. One in five Canadians admit to having sex at the movies. That's a significant number of people who are getting it on mm-hmm. at a regular movie theater. We asked if you work at a movie theater. My big question is, are there cameras in there? Can the staff at the theater see what the crowd is doing while the movie is playing? Like night vision. Like a night vision camera situation. Uh-huh. Uh, we haven't gotten an answer on that yet, but we did get this story. So I used to work at a movie theater video store when I was in high school, and uh, I caught two people getting a little handsy during a movie one night. And uh, this was probably my first night that I was by myself, and I was checking the reel, and I looked out and I saw something, so I went downstairs to open up the actual movie door, and uh, they were full-on naked in my movie theater. (laughs) Was there anyone else in the theater, or were they alone in there? So this was that rare instance where it was just the two of them. Uh-huh. But, like I said, I saw some weird stuff upstairs from upstairs. So I'm like, I got to go check this out. As soon as I opened the door, they stood up. And it was two people I knew from school. And the woman was literally no top, no bra, nothing. And, I was, I, and again, as a teenager, I saw that. I'm like, huh, that's what your boobs look like. so uh, did you say something did you kick them out did you just turn around pretend throw a gummy bear at them (laughs) nothing ever happened i I wish i I actually turned around walked out uh but then again they complained to my boss that i walked in on them getting naked in a movie theater (laughs) they really went for it like tops off i thought you would like winnie pooh it and that winnie the pooh it in that situation shirt on pants pants off off. right because you know at least if somebody walks in you're hidden by the seats yeah just that's dangerous well the thrill of it might be uh part of the allure gym i guess so but also sneakily doing it is part of the fun too like can we get away with it and the more clothes that are gone the harder it is to get away with it it almost sounds like the usher there is a little disappointed he didn't get asked to join in yeah i wonder how long he was just like hanging out for <laughs> hey guys he pulls out a broom <laughs> he starts like sweeping <laughs> along the aisle hey, don't help mind up me there? Hey, well, don't mind just us three <laughs> one in five canadians have a similar story They've gotten it on in a movie theater. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Led Zeppelin appear on the list that Billboard just put out, the 100 best album covers of all time. Zeppelin coming in at number five with their album Led Zeppelin. That's the man with the sticks, isn't it? I don't think so, is it? Led Zeppelin one. That's the Zeppelin going down in smoke. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The man with the sticks is Zeppelin 4. Yeah. Yeah. Zeppelin 3 with all the, the crazy... Random symbols. The crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. All the crazy stuff and the bubbly letters. That's a fun one. Yeah. The old-timey picture for Led Zeppelin 2. Those are great album covers. So the Zeppelin going down. I, it kind of tells you what you're getting to, right? Like it's It's the best marketing is... You can look at it and you're like, oh, there's a Zeppelin on the cover of that album. It must be a Zeppelin album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a distance, <laughs> you could pick it out. Yeah. Number four was Ready to Die. These are the best album covers of all time. Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. Is that just his face? I don't even know that one. Ready to Die. 
Oh, it's him as a baby. That is a good. That's an iconic one. one. And it's been obviously mimicked as well for many other album covers. Drake did it too, I think. Patty Smith with horses is next in line. I gotta look all these up. How iconic are they? I guess. uh, I guess you recognize them once you see them. It's just a picture of Patty Smith, black and white picture. All right, that's really. That's the best album cover, number three on the list, right behind Abbey Road by the Beatles, huh. which, which is a completely iconic uh, piece of imagery. The Beatles yeah. walking across the street there and I Abbey would also Road. Put, I would also put almost Sgt. Pepper up on the top 10 as well. Maybe top 50 at least for best rock album covers. I would put The Clash, London Calling, Smashing the Guitar is pretty sick. That's a good one. You put that on the list? Yeah. Of, a best number one is the Velvet Underground and Nico from 1967. The banana. The banana. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> it is. It is an album cover. Well, it's Andy Warhol. That's, That's all it that is. That sticks out. But it is also very reminiscent of the uh, guy that, the artist that duct taped a banana to the wall. Wow, true. Made hundreds of thousands of dollars in the past couple of years. Hmm. Uh, who else do we have here? Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band made uh, the top 20, number 11 on the list. Nirvana, never mind. I'm surprised that one didn't chart higher, because that is another album cover that everybody recognizes. Yeah, immediately. Uh, Hole, live through this. Beat out Nirvana. Never mind. They make these lists, and they... I, I, I'm convinced they make them controversial just so people talk about them. You have to, right? Because there's no way Hole's album should be beating Nirvana, never mind. Yeah, that's the one with the prom queen, I think, crying on the cover yeah, yeah. or whatever it's supposed to Almost be. Almost looks like Carrie. Yeah. Right? Stephen King. What, in your eyes, is the greatest album cover of all time? Like, where is Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the the Moon? Oh, yeah, that is iconic. Oh, it's at number six. Okay. <laughs> Rightfully so. It's, but uh, that's one that, you know, to me would be ahead of Patti Smith's Horses album. Yeah, I think so too. What is the greatest album cover in your eyes? We got text messages coming in here. I like uh, Crisis, Alexis on Fire Crisis. That's the one with the swollen hands, guy with the swollen hands. You know that one, Jim? Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting picture. Who is that guy? I don't know, <laughs> but it makes you want to know his story. Huh? Truly. <laughs> Def Leppard Hysteria. Yeah, it's pretty good. The triangle with the screaming faces in it. That's a, did Def Leppard, which album was the one with like the or Pyromania, where the building's on the, fire? Yeah, yeah, that was a good book? one, too. That one's cool. Uh, Queen, News of the World, greatest album cover ever, with a big Iron Giant-like robot grabbing the people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I've always enjoyed Korn's album covers, says one Taz and Jim listener. Uh, One that stands out for me would be Follow the Leader. That's uh, Todd McFarlane, the comic book artist. Remember he Mm -hmm. did the the music video for Korn? Yeah, yeah, the the bullet was going through all the scenes. Yeah, that that was was an incredible video. And uh, he did the album artwork for that one as well. Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell, (laughs) hands down, best album cover ever. Yeah. Now that might be an album that you think is going to sound completely different than uh, the cover looks. What do you mean? 
Well, it's like there's like a motorcycle like doing a catwalk or something like that. Yeah. It's called Bad Out of Hell. Oh, it's a motorcycle driving out of hell, Jim, yeah, yeah. with a super jacked guy hair blowing in the sure, wind. Sure, sure. But then you put the album on and it's like, maybe I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You think it's going to sound like an Iron Maiden album or something like that. That's a different album. That's Bad Out of Hell 2. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Similar album cover, though. (laughs) I think he's driving the motorcycle back into hell. Yeah, it wasn't so bad in there. (laughs) Oh, I'm a (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Just mentioned Devin Peacock, our sports guy. He's off this week and next week up at his family cottage. In Muskoka, the cottage we've never been invited to, Jim. Mm, yeah, weird. I think he's embarrassed of us. Because really, when you're up in the Muskokas, you could be hobnobbing with the rich and famous. Dev has talked about seeing Martin Short and Tom Hanks at the local general store <laughs> near his cottage. <laughs> Pretty awesome. That's cool. <laughs> and some other celebrity sightings over this past weekend. Uh, David Beckham and Elvis Presley actor Austin Butler oh, yeah. were uh, caught on video uh, moving a tree that had fallen onto a road in Muskoka. In the video, there's a big group of people holding the tree above their heads to allow a large black SUV to get through. You can hear uh, Posh Spice in the background saying, good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Good support. <laughs> She's the one who actually shared the uh, the video on the Instagram story. So are they hanging out? Is Austin Butler, like, staying at Beckham's Cottage up there? Yeah, how does that work? Or do they? is there, like, a special list? Like, when you move to Muskoka, the real estate agent gives you all the list of all the other cool people around so you know yeah. who your neighbors are. Yeah, there's the normies. Yeah, yeah, like Peacock. The normies uh, phone number list, and then if you're a VIP, you get the other VIP phone numbers so you can connect and have campfires and make s'mores. Sure. With, Accomplish tasks. <laughs> with Goldie Hawn and yeah, Kurt yeah. Russell. Uh, they do have a place up there, too. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Man. I would have loved Imagine. Imagine Peacock was in this video. And he was holding the log with them or whatever. Is that <laughs> Devin? Da- David Beckham, Austin Butler, and Devin Peacock yeah. moving a tree branch. <laughs> Let the SUV go yeah. by. And we're like, and that's why he doesn't invite us up. <laughs> Telling you, he's embarrassed mm-hmm. to be spotted with a couple of normies like <laughs> us. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Devin Peacock is off this week. Did he take uh, our producer, Ryan, up to the cottage with him? Because <laughs> Ryan is off as well. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. If he He's only known Ryan for like a couple years, and yeah. he's known us for 15. Mm-hmm. Huh. Ryan gets the cottage invite before we do. What is going on there? Uh, Dev's got a cottage in Muskoka. We were just talking about how David Beckham and Austin Butler were at least the, over the past weekend were in Muskoka. There was a video of them that surfaced moving a uh, a tree that had fallen in the road uh, up there. And there's a lot of celebrities in the Muskoka area. We've got Alora, who is filling in as our producer for uh, Ryan while he's on vacation. Hey, Alora. Hello. 
Hey, you say you've got a celebrity Muskoka story to tell us. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, so my family lives up in Muskoka, so I spent a decent amount of time up there. There's a one town named Dala that pretty much all of the famous people that live up there, they live in Dala. And uh, I heard a story from a local that there's this pretty well-known hot dog vendor in Dala. And one day, busy summer day, he's, uh, he ran out of buns for his hot dogs. So there's a gentleman at his stand. He's like, hey, can you just watch my hot dog stand for a few minutes? I'm just going to run to the grocery store, grab some hot dog buns. I'll be right back. So he goes, does that, comes back. And then when he comes back, there's like a huge crowd of people around his hot dog stand. And everybody's like, dude, do you know who you asked to watch your hot dog stand? And he was like, no. And it was Tom Hanks. So <laughs> the he, most recognizable uh, <laughs> man on the planet? <laughs> yep. I guess this guy is a Muskoka local, did not know who Tom Hanks was. and a uh, Yeah, just a little sheltered, yes. Yeah. So we asked <laughs> Tom Hanks to watch his hot dog stand for him. Which Great for business. Did. Yeah. I can see I Tom Hanks so. being such a believable everyman hot dog vendor, too. Yeah. You know, he just slip right into that role. He dives into it head oh, first, doesn't time. he? Yeah. The Oscar goes yeah. to, for role of Muskoka hot dog guy, <laughs> Tom Hanks, best actor. <laughs> it, it really sounds, because Dev bumped into Tom Hanks and Martin Short at the general store. He, he's told that story on the show before. It sounds like... If you go to Muskoka and you don't see Tom Hanks, it's a rarity. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. I will say there are uh, there are common there are a lot of Tom Hanks stories, but I mean my my uh, my grandmother ran into Shania Twain at Shoppers Drug Mart. And <laughs> All the also stories. pretty cool. So it just happens, you know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Alora, for the story, and thank you for putting up with us for the past. Uh, a uh, week and a half, okay? We appreciate it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And as of September 5th, the LCBO is no longer going to make paper bags available for their customers. Hmm. According to a news release, customers are encouraged to bring their own reusable bags when shopping in-store. And alternatively, they may purchase a reusable bag. I've got so many GD reusable bags in the trunk of my car, in my garage, and I never bring them into the store. I know. I used to have that drawer. Everybody did. We put yeah, the yeah. plastic grocery bags in there, and then you pull them out. Now you stuff the reusable bags in there, and the drawer will no longer open. Like, it always gets jammed because they don't bend as well. I, uh, uh, I used to use those plastic bags as garbage bags. I would reuse the plastic bags. In your office, yeah, in your small garbage in bag. Small that's gar- what I would do. In yeah. our kitchen, everywhere. Yeah. Now I am buying additional bags to put into the garbages. So tell me how we're saving the environment here. Hmm. And also, I, I have no problem with paper bags because they biodegrade and, uh-huh. you know, plastic lasts forever and then shows up in the lakes and then never goes away. Paper bags aren't the issue, I thought. You know who I feel bad for is the guy trying to drink, uh, discreetly drink a bottle of wine on the street corner. (laughs) Without that paper bag, everyone's going to know that they're drinking wine. I know. Before that, it was like, well, (laughs) he must just be drinking a tall glass of (laughs) Kool-Aid. There's no way there's alcohol behind that paper bag he's drinking out of. No, that's a paper bag liquid lunch. (laughs)
It's like the cloak of invisibility for alcohol. From I will Harry say Potter. that that is one of the most redundant bags ever, though. The one single bag for a bottle of wine. It is a stupid thing. I think it's maybe only when you give somebody a bottle of wine so they can open it, kind of. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, like a reveal. The, the single wine sized paper bag that you could get. Yeah, that is the stupidest thing. You definitely don't need that. Uh huh. So get rid of those. They but. still give boxes out at the LCBO. They'll continue to do so, and that's always nice. You can, you know, get one of the flats from the the beers. Yeah, yeah. Or you can get like one of the empty wine boxes and put your purchase in there. That's a good way to do it. Better than a lot of grocery stores because a lot of grocery stores used to have the boxes that you could uh, you could grab and oh, put yeah. all your groceries in. That was amazing. It was amazing, carrying a 350-pound box of groceries to your car. Oh, yeah, because there's a weight <laughs> limit for a plastic bag, but there is not yeah. for the box. The, you get the big box, put a couple turkeys in there, yeah, a couple uh, 74 cans of yeah. vegetables. You get an Allen's <laughs> apple juice in there, the, two, the liter and a half. You can't they get lift heavy. the thing. But I, I, I used to enjoy the option at the grocery store of having boxes did they get rid of those because they want people to buy bins from them to buy bags from them is i do it a, think that's part of it is it a monetary thing or did people who were moving ruin it for everybody i may i may have been guilty of that a few times going into specifically no frills would yeah. have boxes a mountain of boxes they have boxes galore back yeah in the day. And I, I i did sneak in there recently and they didn't have it but that could have just been that location i'm not sure anywhere else I think the the good thing about the LCBO is they're still given the eight pack like can holders for the craft beer. You still get those where yeah, you can, like yeah. mix and match and put those in there. So those are handy. Yeah, those are fun. But the uh, the paper bags going by the wayside, mm. September fifth, end of an era. Now you're gonna have to get a red solo cup to drink your booze out of on the street corner. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will ever know what's in there. No. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. <laughs> I like this. Uh, Cardi B. She threw that microphone at the woman in Las Vegas who uh, who tossed a drink up on stage. Uh-huh. The microphone she threw has sold on eBay for guess how much? $6,000. <laughs> Way more. 60,000. More. What? A hundred thousand? Pretty darn close. $99,900. Wow. USD. I got to say, overpaid for that one. Bidding war started uh, all week long. It, it was $500, the original listing. And the guy uh, who runs the uh, the nightclub started this thing. The nice thing is he did it for charity, a couple uh, Vegas charities, uh, veterans charity and a uh, community charity in Las Vegas are benefiting from the sale of this thing. I bet you he said this is going to charity before he knew it was going to go for $100,000. <laughs> he thought he was going to donate like 800 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. Damn it's like, I'll, I'll donate two grand to charity yeah. and look like a hero. <laughs> and then he sees a hundred thousand oh. dollars. Man, I could have kept that for myself. So uh, yeah, they they picked up the microphone. Nothing crazy about it. It's your standard sure cordless mic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a quality mic. But it is it is now going to a collector who paid a lot of money for it. I would just love to see how they display it because sometimes you go into 
a fan of a band's house and they'll get the drumsticks, but they'll make a little display of it. So the drumsticks will be in some sort of frame and then there'll be a picture of the band yeah. beside it and then it may be a record below it. So I wonder if it'll be like an action shot of her throwing the mic. A picture of her throwing it. Yeah. Or yeah. get like a Madame Tussauds wax figure of Cardi B. Oh, put it in her hand. <laughs> yeah. Cocked and ready to toss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're spending a hundred grand on it, you, you gotta elaborate somehow. Make, make it make it an experience mm-hmm. for anyone who comes over to your uh, your place. That'd and be cool. What room of the house do you put that in? Is that a living room? Is that a you know, seems, games room? It seems like a rec room kind of thing, right. you know? I agree. Next to the pool table area. $100,000 for that microphone that Cardi B tossed. Wow. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, do we have an update? Uh, whatever happened with that couple out in British Columbia who went on a hunger strike because they built pickleball courts in their neighborhood and they were sick and tired of listening to the pickleball sounds mm-hmm. outside their window. Is that still going on? Uh, no. Um, it has ended. They started their protest on a Sunday morning. And stopped eating Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So they they said oh, the noise is too crazy. Uh, you, the city has to do something about this. And then by let me check the date. By Tuesday, the hunger strike was over with no resolution. So they lasted just a bit oh, over forty eight hours. Not much of a hunger strike. No, I wouldn't put them on the level of Gandhi just yet. That's more of a cleanse. <laughs> You know? Is that intermittent fasting? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a hunger strike. That's intermittent fasting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I, all the rage right well, now. Well, actually, I'm reading further here. The hunger strike didn't last terribly long. Uh, the wife, it was a husband and wife, the wife's only lasted 24 hours due to her fragile health. But if you say you're going on a hunger strike, you have to commit or nobody is going to take you seriously. And... And nobody's going to take hunger strikes seriously in general. Like if you say I'm going on a hunger strike, the the whole basis of the thing is you don't care about your health. You're not eating, so you get sick and die. Yeah, like this cause is so important. Yes, that that you're willing to sacrifice it all. I will sacrifice my life to get the pickleball noise removed yes. from my neighborhood. Now it's like when your kid says he's going to run away, and you're like, okay, see ya. <laughs> Yeah. And then he and then he goes and sneaks back in the basement. It's the couple who cried hunger strike out <laughs> in British Columbia. What a shame! So not only are they embarrassed, now things are still loud <laughs> next door. What a what a shame! The pickleballing continues. I guess the city of Chilliwack has taken a few steps. They've restricted times of play at the court from nine a.m. until dusk. Oh, good. So dusk is like, there's no real time of what dusk is, or maybe it changes technically, but. Uh, uh, it used to be 8 p.m., but now it's dusk, which could be a little earlier. Uh, now they're posting signage that says, please use foam balls after a certain time, which I'm sure <laughs> yeah, people in, will In follow. a way, they're, uh, I'm not even going to call it a hunger strike. Their aggressive intermittent fasting <laughs> did work. That's about it. That's all they did. So they got some concessions. They got something. Yeah. yeah. They compromise, right? This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And the MTV Video Music Award nominees were announced yesterday. Best Rock Video, Foo Fighters, The Teacher, Linkin Park, Lost, Original Version, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tip of My Tongue, Monoskin, The Loneliest, Metallica, Lux Eterna, Muse, 
You make me feel like it's Halloween. I haven't seen any of those music videos. Yeah, it's a shame. I, man, I used to park my butt in front of much music and watch it for hours. And there'd be nonstop music videos. And, you know, speaking of Foo Fighters, like Learn to Fly, Everlong, those videos were so great. Big Me with the Mentos commercial. And at one, point I, at one point, I wanted to be a music video director. That's how much I love music oh, yeah. videos. In the 90s, that was like the coolest job you could have. Totally. Music video director. I, I do miss the days where you could not avoid seeing music videos. Like We would have seen all those videos about 30, 40 times a piece. Mm-hmm. Back and in my day, they're Jim, still They're still on YouTube. It's not the same. It, it isn't. You, you kind of have, have to seek them out. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not like they, they're just there. I know there's a couple channels that still play music videos, but you got to... You got to go and, and and find those as well. I, I don't know where you even get them. But. Sure, like a VH1 classic specialty channel. They'll have a show on there. Well, I've been traveling, and uh, over in England, they, they've got like, uh, when I was in England, I think it was the last time I found a video channel. Top uh, of the Pops! Top of the Pops or whatever it was. I think it was the UK VH1. Yeah. But they played music videos. Uh-huh. Oh, like, that's all they did, and it was great. Mm-hmm. It was, it's also great, like if you're at the barber, so like, it's a great background, yes. like background stuff. Or, you can look over or you're having you a party, yeah, yeah. You know, and and the hockey game's over. What do you put on? Yeah, iconic music videos. Poker. <laughs> you gonna watch people play poker in the background? Yeah, yeah. I also like sports bloopers, and it's either music videos <laughs> or sports bloopers from the '80s. <laughs> MTV shouldn't even be able to give out video music awards. If they don't play the videos. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're sounding like old men here. <laughs> Best alternative video nominees are Blink-182 for Edging, Boy Genius, The Film, Fallout Boy, Hold Me Like a Grudge, Lana Del Rey featuring John Batiste, Candy Necklace, Paramore, This Is Why, and 30 Seconds to More with Stuck. So that's basically... All the the rock bands who are nominated for awards. The big nominee, obviously, the billion-dollar lady, Taylor Swift. She's cleaning up in every facet of her career. Yeah, monetarily, and she gets all the awards as well, at least the nominations at this point. Yeah, she's nominated for eight of them, and uh, she's followed by Cezah. With six? Do you know Cesar? Cesar, I think is how you... Cesar? Cesar! I think it's like, a, like Julius Caesar. You know what I mean? Cesar? S-Z-A. The English language, buddy, is uh, <laughs> a weird thing Do you think we're going to see a day where vowels just don't exist anymore? Uh, honestly, like, well, the thing is, you still need them. Because, like, without that, that it could have been, been Cesar, you know, Sazaw, Sazaw. like everything else... The price of vowels has gone through the roof. If you want to buy a vowel, <laughs> oh way my. too expensive nowadays. Vowel inflation is a crisis. <laughs> the MTV Video Music Awards will air on September 12th. Where? I don't know. Probably MTV. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We're doing sports here. The Orioles are a big concern for the Blue Jays over the next few years because the Baltimore Orioles team is playing great this season. They're getting better. Uh, They weren't always great, but if you're a sportscaster for the Baltimore Orioles, don't say that out loud, apparently. Yeah, or even allude to it. 
Now, I'm going to play you this clip, Taz, and can you tell me where you think he crosses the line here? This is the uh, Kevin Brown. He's a color commentary guy for the Orioles, and he was suspended on Monday after this little segment here that he put on the air. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Is that it? That's it. So just talking about how long it's been since they've won a series at Tropicana Field yeah, he got po- him almost fired? He pointed out that they had lost their last 15 series at Tropicana Field, which is accurate, and allegedly was in the notes that the team goes over and is aware of. Like the, All the broadcasters get like a, a, a stat sheet, yeah, essentially. Yeah, package, right? Before the game. Yeah, and he made those comments. By the way, they had graphics on the screen that explained <laughs> the scenario, so everybody was aware this is a talking point and was going to be brought up likely during this well, also, uh, segment. It's the truth. It's yes. factual. Yes, but the ownership reportedly thought the comments made the team look cheap for whatever reason. So it was probably a call made by one of the higher ups who was, you know, watching it, got riled up unnecessarily and wanted to bring the hammer down on somebody. But the video started going around and everybody was just as confused as you were saying, well, where did he cross? What's the problem here? Yeah, I was expecting something racist, to be honest, yeah. because we, we've seen that. A lot in baseball, <laughs> yeah, for whatever been, reason. A lot of the old timers let one slip and then they, it cost them their sure. career. But like even like other broadcasters during other games were calling out the Orioles for this move and saying, hey, if you you guys don't want Kevin Brown. There's 29 other teams that do. He's a well-respected broadcaster. Yeah. Well, sure enough, Baltimore the Baltimore Orioles have walked it back, and he will be back in the broadcast booth on Friday. So, you know, they are making things right, but still, a bit of a black eye for the organization. Nothing makes it better when your team is playing great than the fact that they didn't used to be great. If your team is great all the time, it's not as special. Totally, and I saw the ups and downs. This isn't my point, but I saw a lot of people saying, "How many Chicago Cubs announcers had to be fired for pointing at their team suck for a hundred years?" <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Road rage. How does this happen? The headline is: Two road ragers spray painted each other's faces. <laughs> There was a road rage incident in Texas last Friday. It started because a guy was distracted by his phone, swerving all over the place, and then stopped at a light, was so distracted, didn't know the light had turned green, Mm. which is, I can get your blood boiling if you're the car behind, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you do the little honk, the gentle honk. Well, that's what happened. The guy behind him started honking the horn and made the distracted driver mad distracted guy started throwing objects at the other vehicle. Then the two vehicles pulled over at the side of the road. They stopped. The distracted guy got out a can of white spray paint, sprayed it on the guy's car who was honking the horn at him, and then sprayed it in his face. Now, according to the cops, that's when the other guy spray painted the distracted guy's face. So when the police showed up, both guys 
or had spray painted white faces. Neither of them could get away. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad it it wasn't red spray paint. They would have been caught red handed. Totally. And red faced. (laughs) Uh, I don't really think the. This is the Tassin Podcast. His own can of spray paint. He must have must have wrestled the spray paint. Gave him some of his own medicine. Yeah, out of the first guy's hand and yeah. then sprayed it. How do you like it? <laughs> Imagine walking into your house and your wife <laughs> is looking at you where you got your face all oh, spray dude. painted. Like, what? What the hell happened, Gary? I thought you were on your way home from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that stuff, depending on the spray paint, if it's that, like trim clad stuff, I just oh, yeah. know you get it on your finger sometimes when you're just pushing the button and like... You got to get Varsol gasoline on it somehow to get it off. Yeah, use a Brillo pad. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough on the sensitive skin of the face. Or if it got on your eyeball, like I wonder how much damage that could do. Only one of the drivers was arrested and charged. It was the distracted driver. Yeah, yeah. The guy who initiated the spray painting was charged with uh, felony criminal mischief. Hmm. The other guy just self defense. That's great. You got a free pass, spray painting a dude's face. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Stand your ground.